Dog Pound Nation, 42 points, 500 plus yards, and no turnovers. I want to hear what my dog's got to say. So crack your beers and turn up the dog podcast. Woo, 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 woo. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Dogs. If you'd like to get your intro on the show, head to the dogspodcast.com, tap leave voicemail on the drop down menu. Another awesome uh, intro from Kenny Mack out of the Ottawa Browns backers. Can't wait to come up and crack a beer and drink with you guys and watch some <laughs> Browns football. Um, we have a ton to get into today, obviously, but before we do, I have to remind you to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Make sure to tap the notification bell so you never miss a new episode. You can also catch us on Apple, Spotify, and Google if you're more of just a listener. Lastly, if you're craving some more content, head to the jointhedogs.com to become an official Dog Pack member on our Patreon page. You get the episodes early. You get an extra episode every week. We got Fantasy Leagues. There's uh, game day threads. There's a big text thread going on. Um, you get, basically, it's more access to all of us, if that's something you care about. Um, it's just, it's a good time. So jointhedogs.com, become an official Dog Pack member. Come hang out with us, even when we're not, uh, you know, live on YouTube. In the doghouse. Let me say something to you as a friend. You suck. So obviously, you know, we didn't want to be talking about a loss today, um, but the Browns did lose, even though we scored 42 points at over 500 yards offense and no turnovers, like Kenny Mack said. First time in NFL history, a team has done that and we've lost. I thought we were done with finding ways to lose. I thought that ended last year, um, but we know we found a way to lose. So the first thing we have to address and before we get into, you know, what the Browns did wrong. The officials should be embarrassed. The NFL should be embarrassed, honestly, because it, it our game was awful, but it's like a league wide epidemic. That's what I was and about to say. I yep. mean, I watched the Sunday night game last night, and it was awful, and it completely changed the momentum of the game. Um, and obviously, I'm going to touch on the the pass interference call. But what about Treader getting called for holding when the guy had his hands up his face mask, and we get called for holding? And that, that went from second and six, possibly, uh, somewhere there, second and six, second and seven, to first and 20. I mean, those are back-breaking penalties and, that are going against us. And why can't we ever get the benefit of that? Well, and I, I mean, I feel like every play they show, you know, the replay of Herbert dropping back to throw, and I see somebody's forearm around Miles Garrett's throat. Every Every time. single time. And the only time they called it was towards the end of the game. They, their tight end grabbed Jersey uh, right. one time, and they called it. You could call him. He, could, he gets held every yep. play. Yeah. Yes, he does. And, and we ask, where's Miles? Where's Miles? Well, he's getting chipped, and he's getting held. Like, yeah. throw the flag. It's so frustrating. And it's, and it's not just us being Browns homers fans. It's literally even unbiased people about the Browns. Colin Coward is the biggest Baker slash Browns hater there is out there. <laughs> and he went on his show today and said, yes, there were things the Brown could have done after that pass interference call to win that game. But that guy should be suspended. And if that doesn't get called, the Browns probably win. Absolutely. And he is the, the biggest Browns hater there is. You know, I, I was watching, and then like Zach said, uh, you know, after the Browns game, I was in a bad mood. I was watching the game last night, and I didn't even have fun watching the Bills Chiefs. And then that, <sighs> that pass interference, or uh, yeah, they were roughing, no, the no, roughing the passer. And I'm like, okay, the NFL is creating a product right now that is borderline becoming unwatchable. Yes, it's terrible. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's sucking all of the fun out of this game whenever you're making blatantly bad calls and missing blatantly obvious ones. It's like, what are we doing here? And I don't understand how we can live in a world like this when we have 50 cameras 
in a hundred different angles and we're getting calls wrong. I don't understand why there's no sky judge in, I don't know if people have heard this, but they've been talking about it for years where plays aren't, it's not a challenge and us, the the fans would have no idea it's even going on. It would be that quick. Yeah. That guy could throw that flag and instantly the sky judge could have the replay up and all he has to do is mic down and say, Hey, that's on the offense or Hey, pick that up. There's no interference there. We wouldn't even know what happened. Dude, I've been saying that for years. They need one official up top that can overrule anything based on the replays that we all get to see. And we're like, Hey, that was clearly a blown call. And then he could just, like you said, we wouldn't even know what happened. No, it, it, there's no difference between we don't have there's to know. like a, a ball that's thrown and it looks like there's interference, but the ball was tipped at the line. So all the officials get together and they discuss it right. and then they find out, oh, yeah, ball was tipped, no interference. There's no difference between that and letting the guy be up in the booth with camera angles and to the, to, you know, the credit of the officials, the game is faster now than it's ever been. Offenses are more spread out than they've ever been. These officials are covering way more ground than they've ever had to cover. So it's harder. They're doing a very bad job at it. It is not just us. It was terrible in our game. Well, not to but mention, it's not just our game. The, the rules of the game, especially on the defensive side, are freaking stupid. Yes. I mean, it, it's so nitpicky. What's a pass interference? What's not? What? What's this? What's that? It's like, oh my gosh. And then, yeah, then you add in the speed of the game. I mean... I, I can't blame these guys for making these bonehead calls out there. Give them but at the help, same time, right? it's yeah. happening. And, and and then lastly for that is on that pass interference, even if even if you thought there was some hand checking going on, use some discretion. Do not bail out the Chargers on a, a 40 yard penalty. Yeah. You bailed them out. With we the game we did, on the line at that the, point. Yes. In time. We did everything right on that play, forced him into a bad throw, and he just heaves up a miracle, and you bailed him out. You you yep. handed it to him. It, it's absolutely insane. And I know, you know, non Browns fans are going to be talking crap to us, saying that we're I'm not. We had chances to go win the game after that. But if you say that that didn't alter the outcome of the game, you're just being a hater. There's no there's no ifs ands or buts about it. You're just trolling and you're just being a hater because it was obvious. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't You can't really argue with that. I mean, the officiating, and like you said, yesterday across the board was pretty bad. But I mean, in our game, because we watched it, it was terrible. There's too much on the line. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, too much on then, the line to let things like this affect the outcomes of games. Yeah. And the other thing is, is, okay, if you're going to call that, then be consistent when it happens on other plays throughout the entire game. Because there was a couple times the Browns were in the same situation where there was hand fighting or guy got tripped. And it was way worse than what they just called. And they didn't get, we didn't get the call. Like, okay. And I know they're never going to call it at the end of the game oh there where Njoku gets his legs tangled up and falls down. But if he, I mean, the rule is if you, you can't prevent the other person from having an opportunity to go after the football. Well, and if you, how, if he's on the ground, if you take him to the ground, regardless how you did it, shouldn't that be a penalty? And if you watch it close, their legs <laughs> didn't get tangled up. The, the charger's legs got tangled up and right. he fell and tripped in Joku. Right. So it's not like incidental contact with their legs getting crossed together. No, this guy fell into him. I don't care if it was an accident or not. It's still a penalty. Yeah. And they didn't call that in the, the series before the last series of the game. We tried a double move to TPJ and they just pushed him out of bounds. Didn't call that. I mean, it, it's awful. It's, it's awful. And it seems to always go against the Browns. Uh, divisional round last year no call on the helmet to helmet and the ball goes out of the end zone completely changes the complexion of the game it always goes against us I'm, I'm so tired of it yeah but my thing yesterday was you still have to be able to overcome you you got to be able to put together the the necessary play calls and things at the end of the game when we had the ball on offense and what was there, three minutes or so? Three yes, minutes after, the, after they missed the, the extra point. Yes, it was after they missed the extra point. 41. So we had the ball, and I was like, okay, if we can, we got this powerful run game. We're just, we're running down their throats the whole game. Let's go get a couple first downs and, and ice this and game. And ice this game. And what do we do? Three and out. Yep. And it's like, okay, now we just gave control back to them. We only made them use one timeout. So they had two timeouts and the two minute warning. I'm like, well, we just lost. There, we lost. We lost. There's, we can't stop them on defense, and we just gave it right back to them. I said it after um, they missed it and kicked it to us. I said we cannot give them the ball back. 
Nope. So, so no, because we, there's no way we we're going to win. Yeah. So we're done talking about the officials now. Everything now is it's on the Browns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and there's a lot to be. I mean, there is a lot on stu- the Browns. Yes. I, mean, I don't know if necessarily. And what's crazy is there's things that we can point to from the offensive side where we're looking where you're looking okay we put up 42 points however over 500 y- yards yeah 500 yards of offense and there's still things that we could have done better on the offensive side it's kind of crazy to think yeah you know when you look at that you should probably be like well the offense did their job but like Josh said the three and out so we do that run play they call their first time out and it's just like they were selling out that that was their ge- that was the ball game to them. Yeah, one first down, pretty much, and it's gonna one or two, two for sure would have probably yeah been two, over. Two would have had it. And on that on the second down play, um, it was the one where Baker he had all day and just nobody got open. Um, That's the one where they pushed DPJ out of bounds. Yes, yeah. So I mean, he was in the pocket. I I was I couldn't believe that nobody had broken free. And got open because Baker literally was dancing for what felt like an eternity back in the pocket. And then the third and 10 run. Yeah. I don't, I, 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 I don't know what Stefanski was thinking. And I know Blake, I think you said um, when we were talking yesterday after the game that he came out and said something about, he was worried about the protection mm-hmm. and doing all that. I don't care. I mean, the game was on the line. Yeah, what you, made you think, okay, well, we'll run it. We'll pick up a couple yards. We'll punt it, and we're going to get that. We'll stop them. Yeah, we hadn't stopped them in forever. And it wasn't that we had to stop them from getting a touchdown to win the game. They only few. needed three points. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I put on here, you know, the coaching decisions, or is it a lack of trust? Does he not trust Baker to go out there and, and ice that game away? Because – other number one franchise quarterbacks, they don't. That's not the play calling. No, that, I, that is not the play, especially with that much. T- I could understand if there was twenty five seconds to go in the game and the Chargers had no timeouts and were like, if we run this ball, we at least force them to use their last timeout, or and then we can punt it away, and then we only got to play defense for like fifteen seconds. There was plenty of time. There's two and a half minutes left. You yeah. knew you couldn't give them the ball back. We we're running the ball for. 6.6 yards a clip yesterday. So, okay, so we got stuffed on the on the first down run. Run right. it again. I mean, you've been, you've been scheming runs this whole game that they can't stop. So maybe you go and you get four yards and make that third down a little more manageable. I just didn't, I did not understand what they were trying to do there. To well, me, it, it was a case of, and it, I'd hate to say it, but Stefanski kind of fell into he was coaching not to lose instead of coaching. Yeah, to oh, that's win. exactly what it felt like. Well, yeah, because there was times in that second half where the Browns were playing with a lead, and the play calling just wasn't like attacking the defense. No, it just kept going at them and being like, "We're going to put points on the board every single drive because we got you on your heels." It was like, "All right, we're we don't want to take any chances and get a turnover or anything like that. We'll just you know." get out of here with the first down, give you the ball back. <clears throat> and as soon as they tied the game up, what do the Browns do? It's like two plays and 70-yard touchdown. touchdown to Njoku. Yep. Just like the playbook, okay, it's opening back up and let's go to work and in two plays you score. Do you, so that goes, do you not trust those guys? Do you not trust Baker to, to go out there and play smart and not turn the ball over? Because – you, we see this isn't the first game where we've gotten a lead and, and given it away in part because of play calling gets so vanilla. And you have those people out there saying, you're running the ball so good, just keep running it. So if we would come out and Baker throw incompletions, they'd be like, why were you running the ball? Well, you have to also, we have to be diverse. Yeah. You can't just come out there and run the ball on first down, run the ball on second down, and then throw the ball on third and eight. This is the NFL. They well, will. They that is going to be very difficult. This isn't the first time though that we've seen this house defense. Can you think about the Colts game last year? We were up on them, and then we damn near lost because we were playing it safe, playing it safe. Mm-hmm. And it's like I just wonder if it has something to do with, you know, I mean, he is only a second year head coach. I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot of experience. No, he's got to learn. He's got to learn. That's just right. like other players. He does, learn. Yeah. but, but yeah. he doesn't have all that experience yet. Of well, this is what I did last time in this, or the last five times in this type of situation. You know, he. He had a, maybe one or two last year, but, you know, he's got to learn quick. Yeah, We're going to be in more of these type of games. Yeah, I thought on that last drive, too, 
I personally didn't like not seeing Nick Chubb in the game. Correct. With the game on the line. I know Kareem Hunt has been... At least on first and second down. Yes. I know Kareem Hunt has been fantastic. You know, especially the last couple weeks, he's been really good. But something, I don't know what it was, but it looked like Nick Chubb was in a different gear yesterday in my eyes. He would get the ball and it was like he was shot out of a cannon through the hole. And he was getting what felt like seven, eight, nine yards on that first down carry. I just didn't understand. I guess you have Kareem Hunt in the game because you're like, oh, if we check down to a pass play, he gives you a better look there. But, I mean, Nick Chubb, what do you have? 20-something carries for 160, 161 yards or something crazy. I mean, the guy was a beast yesterday. He looked very explosive. He looked more explosive than he had in the last two or three weeks. Yeah, because he, I mean, he just had a burst that I thought was different yesterday. So I didn't like seeing that he wasn't on the field there. And then if we're kind of going still with the play calling, so obviously we know the story, right? Chargers go down. We give them ball back, not even on their, on their side of the field. They ended up getting the ball on our side after the punt. Yep. Great punt, Jamie Gillen. Oh, I'm going to touch on that. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> uh, so that happens, and then we they eventually score. We'll touch on all that stuff. But then the play calling on when we got the ball back wasn't great either. And I, I put that on Baker. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I put it on Stefanski because I mean, you, players got to go make plays in those situations. It's hard to like scheme open when they're dropping eight in, eight mm-hmm. in the box, but you see like. Aaron Rodgers does it almost every week now yeah. where they're like, oh, 36 seconds on the clock and I got to go 50 yards. And now he's got only got to get in field goal range, but he doesn't like two plays yeah. to their best receiver every single time who everybody has to know that's who's getting the ball and he's still able to do it. But the little dink and dunk, I was losing my mind because I have no idea what we were doing with no timeouts to use. Right. And we're just, I mean, I think what was it? We moved 26 yards in a minute 30. So before we get into other stuff, I was going to touch on that. Uh, Baker's getting a ton of hate today. Oh, a lot of hate. A lot of hate, and which is crazy because the guy had a great game. I said I don't want to touch on the officials, but it, if that gets called and we win, they're talking about how Baker outdueled him, or at least went yes. shot for shot with him. Yep. But because of that, and we lose on some fluke stuff, they look at there's what happened there in the last. Yeah. You now know, what I'm going to say is the loss isn't on Baker at all. He played great. But I, in order to go from good to great, he's got to take that next step, and he, he needs that drive. He's got to get that monkey off his back. Because I've seen Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and I know we're not comparing people to Tom Brady. Nobody's Tom Brady. But he did right. it so efficiently in week one, he had to throw three passes out of bounds just to waste time. And he also had no timeouts. Right. You know, and he went, what, 70 yards? And so, and I've seen Aaron Rodgers do it. I see in two plays, he went two plays, like sixty yards. Uh, I've seen. I mean, Kirk Cousins does it basically every single week. Yeah, yes. yeah. you know yes. what I mean. You just can't rely on yeah. his kicker. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just in order to make take that next step. I think Baker right now is like a top fifteen quarterback, not a top ten. I think he's he's somewhere probably in that like twelve, thirteen to fifteen range. I think that's and, fair. Which is fair, and I think you can win a Super Bowl with that, but everything else has to be buttoned up because your quarterback, he isn't making up for those things. He Right now, Baker, and this is I'm, I hope it doesn't come across as wrong, but he's not good enough to make up for a bad call by the officials. He's not good enough to make up for our defense having a million injuries. We need him to, to take that next step. He's a number one overall pick. Number one overall picks are supposed to be able to hide some of those deficiencies. And I'm not saying every time, but you just got to, we got to get that one to kind of get that confidence where, and then, then you start building on it. And I think, and, and especially versus a good team. Yes. Too. I don't care that he did against the Bengals last year. Right. You know, he yeah, needs, he yeah. needs that, that. Cause that's what people are going to say. He's like, Oh, they're going to say he's done it, you know, six or seven times. Yeah. When I need him to do it against a good team in a big moment you know, a, a career defining drive. And I think it's coming. He just got to make that jump. And that's why, but it's to put the loss on Baker is idiotic. Yeah. The loss is, I mean, he, he played almost perfect. Oh, he's 72% completion, 300 305 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Yeah. Some big first down runs. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he played almost perfect. We just need him to take that next step. He just, just, yeah. 
to go from right now you're good, but I need you to be great because you're the number one overall pick. Just get up there. And I'm not saying that he won't or he's not the guy. It's just there's there's steps to this process, and you got to take the next one. I, yeah, go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, you're saying he's a you know former number one overall pick. There's another number one thing that we don't seem to have right now, and that's a number one wide receiver. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on out there. I feel like the only player he's really comfortable with is Higgins, and he's hardly ever on the field, and he's not a number one receiver anyway. No. What what is going on with OBJ? I, I, I don't know. There's something there, and I hate that we just got to keep having this conversation after every game that Odell plays. It is old, I man. mean, I know that, and we've had the argument last year for people that watched with us last season of arguing that Jarvis was our number one last year and not Odell, even when you know they were playing together early in the season. Obviously, missing Jarvis is hurting. Huge. Yes. It hurts because... He is that check down guy, the guy you go to on a crucial play when you need it. You know you need a catch, and everybody knows you're throwing, and that guy gets open. We just can't make Odell be that guy right now. I like don't. You can almost tell that on a in a crucial moment if Jarvis is playing. I would say almost seven out of ten times that's where the ball is. Well, going. we had a crucial moment yesterday, and we threw it to OBJ and he dropped it and he, he dropped. dropped it and I'm not going to pass wasn't behind him. He wasn't getting hit. It was out in front, hit him in the hands and he dropped it. And if he catches that, we probably get at least three. If not, he Correct. might score. There's nobody really around him. I'm not, he's got to catch the ball. I'm not making excuses for him. Just the, like the, the funny part of me, he probably wasn't expecting it. When was the last time we threw him the ball <laughs> right. in a big situation? You know, yeah. like he probably but wasn't expecting to get the ball. Those are those things from your, you know, quote unquote stars on your team. They, they got to they, When those guys make the, the mistakes that cost you, it's like nobody's talking what, about. What are we supposed to do now? Yeah, you know, you yeah. are the guys that we we pay you to be dependable, and then when yeah. you're not, you're kind of worthless. Yeah, I mean, it's when you look back at it and how long we've had Odell for now. It's not like he's new to you know the team. I know he didn't play a lot last year, but he's supposed he's getting paid a lot of money that it shouldn't have to take this long for you know, it to come to fruition of, right. you know, what he is supposed to be in this offense. And it's just not that. And y you can't tell me that he's not more talented than Peoples Jones, who had five catches for 70 yards, or Njoku who had seven catches for 149 yards. I mean, Odell's way more talented than those guys. You saw it on his sideline catch. Yeah. Insane. I, yeah, yeah. I, just, I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, a mental issue with him of, you know, that him and Baker can't get on the same page or that he just doesn't, maybe he doesn't like the way that the offense is run. Maybe this isn't, doesn't fit his type of style and he's just kind of mentally checked out from it. I don't know what it is, but he doesn't look happy either. Like no. you don't see, you know, happy go lucky Odell. Maybe when Jarvis gets back, that'll help, but. Man, it sucks to be like we have to bring your best friend in just for you to be happy. I, I mean, it's just we got to figure out a way to get him involved organically into the offense. Yeah, because all and I, I put that on Stefanski too. Like Baker's got to figure it out, OBJ's got to figure it out, but our offensive guru coach needs to figure out a way to organically incorporate him into the offense. That's that's the thing, and it goes back to what you say all the time: is like he's a very talented receiver. Like he's a. Uh, he's got elite potential. Yeah. W what is going on that he is, he sucks on the field. Yeah. I mean, that, you know what I mean? Like he puts up no stats. He's never getting targeted. He's double covered a couple, uh, yeah, a couple things that I would like to see if I'm Stefanski going forward. And it was one of Odell's two catches that he had um, where he was pretty much, I think he was lined up. And he, it was man coverage to start, and they were playing him like 10 yards off the ball. And he pretty much ran out, turned around at like eight yards, caught it complete, and got a wide – he was wide open. Do that six, seven times a game and like get him involved that way. It doesn't have to – I'm not asking for Odell to be the guy who's out there catching. All he does is catch 30-yard bombs or oh. something like he's Tyreek Hill. And I, I, we just need to get him the ball and get it in his hands because he's dynamic as a runner. I mean, we saw it a couple years back in that uh, New York Jets game on a slant and he took it to the house. 
because he was just faster and better, you know, with the ball than anybody on the defense. They couldn't tackle him or catch him. Got to move him around too. Put him in the slot. Get him matched up on a linebacker. Run. Put you know what I mean. Do that kind of stuff. Don't just put him as our outside receiver in a twin set and tell him to run deep. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what I feel <laughs> like we do a lot with him. And if you kind of look at some of the other really good wide receivers, like a Devonte Adams. He runs a lot of slot, you know, yeah. crossing routes across the field that he catches the ball for five to eight yards and he turns it into a 20 yard gain. And then everybody's like, oh, Devontae Adams is just averaging 20 something yards a catch. Yeah, because he had 15 after. Mm -hmm. So I just, I would like to see some more of that. Get Odell the ball a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. Don't rely on him always having to get open. Like Blake said, if they're playing a cover two or something, have a safety over the top. Baker right now, I don't think is that guy that's going to thread the needle and take that risk because I don't think he wants to turn the ball over. No. And other guys can be open in this system doing other things. So I just think that we got to, like you said, move him around, get him more involved with like those little quick hitters rather than... Yeah, without forcing it, like I said, yeah. organically. Get him yeah. involved organically where it's like in the rhythm of the offense because we, you yeah. got to figure it out. When they target him early on in games, it feels so forced. Yeah, you got we got to figure it out because I know a lot of Browns fans disagree with me. We need that kind of talent to compete. The teams we're going to go against have Tyreek Hill, Travis Stephon Kelsey, Diggs. Stephon Diggs. Allen, Mike Williams. We just saw those two. Yes, yep. we're not going to go into these places – in win games with Hollywood Higgins is our number one receiver. It's not happening. Well, because you, if that's the case, if you that's who you take into the game, we have one way we can play to win, and it is pound the ball at them and play action pass and be tricky. At some point, we got to be able to just line up and throw the ball, and you're not going to be able to do that if Higgins is your number one. So you got to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, and I think that Higgins has played well in his time now that he's getting some run. Um, and finally, Donovan Peoples-Jones showed up yesterday. Uh, but I just kind of want to talk. Anthony Schwartz, I mean, after game one, I think we were all like really high on what he could do. And he's been such a disappointment to where I'm like, I don't even want him on the field because it feels like when he's on the field, we target him because he, he should be open. He's making never, rookie mistakes. Yes. I like, mean, he the, just looks lost at times out there. The one down the sideline, like. it looked like he slowed up again. Yeah, it did. Like he didn't think it Baker did. could throw it that far, and he slowed up. And, and then he had to die for it. Yeah. Yeah. And before, so before we get to the defense, last thing, our special teams are not good. We got a no. kicker now. We got a kicker, but the punter sucks. The punter, the punter, I know, and I got attacked on YouTube for saying Jamie Gillen wasn't good. Jamie Gillen is not good. No. <laughs> Jamie Gillen is not a good punter. He, he can't punt. First of all, he's supposed to have this big leg. Didn't see he's it yesterday. Routine, routinely getting off like 40-yard punts. There's high school kids who punt further than a that. A big leg would have come in real nice yesterday. Now, they still would have gone down the field and scored, um, <laughs> and we'll talk about why, but still it would have helped. Yeah, and, and then not even that. There was the one time we punted, and it he just kicked it into the end zone. Yes, yeah, like yeah, It yeah. sure would have been nice to pin him in the 10 or the 15 there and make him go, you know, 80 yards, 90 yards. Nope, you just kick it 10 yards into the end zone. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, it's un he, he is not good. I Yeah, I I think they need to be looking elsewhere. He, he's not good at all. We never should have got rid of Brent Colquitt just because this guy had uh, long hair. Long and hair cool. and big muscles. Yeah. yeah. Like and a cool it, nickname. It's unbelievable. Right. He, he wasn't even good that preseason either. And we just got rid of him because he, he like tackled people and the fans liked him. And it saved us a bunch of money. Well, if your punter yeah. has to tackle people, then you got bigger problems anyway. And then and, and then Schwartz bringing it out of the end zone and pinning his Oh, team. my gosh. I could have. That, I could have put on my special fist through the TV, man. What the hell is he even doing back there? I get that he's a speedster. But I'd how often does your returner make a huge splash play? If they run out of that end zone, they are getting hit nine times out of ten before the 20. Yeah. Yeah. It, but Don't that's on the coordinator it. too. He's got to look at him and be like, I'm the captain now. You yeah. don't run this out. <laughs> right. You know, and yeah, so I don't know what's going on with their special teams, but they have not been, no. we finally got a kicker and it's like the other phases are going downhill. Yeah. Jamie Gillen. I mean, I don't know who's, I mean, you look at probably the best, one of the best punter in our division. If you looked it up, is probably the Steelers rookie that they drafted. So, I mean, there's gotta be somebody out there that can, kick the ball. I mean, I think he averaged 
like 44 yards yesterday punting wise but the one was a touchback that i think was as long a 53 because he just kicked it as hard as he could he didn't like actually strategically do anything so i don't know that area is definitely got to get better yep so lastly uh, what went wrong i want to touch we got to talk about the defense we're not just going <laughs> to touch on it this is <laughs> there's this is lo- where it's at so i wrote injury slash the defense i put is the defense still trash i put question marks after this on mine I, it's hard for me to truly evaluate the defense when by the end of the game, we only had two corners on the roster that were uh, healthy enough to play. If one of those, if like Greedy went down or is who's going to go in? We had, we, we were AJ green is an undrafted free agent out there who played 69 uh, of the 75 trying snaps. to cover Mike Williams. And, and I thought it, he did a he, good job he scrapping and yep. fighting like crazy. I give that kid a lot of credit for the he way got, he played. Yeah, yesterday. he got, fl- he was the one that got flagged for the, and it was terrible for the PI. And that wasn't on no, him. Cause at he's all. right there in the right position, looking back at the football, making a play on everything. It. Right. He did literally <laughs> yeah, he did. everything right and got <laughs> called for the penalty. So, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of miscues and it probably is because of the different guys playing because A.J. Green hasn't played football in probably two years. That yeah. meant something. Football that meant something. And then um, you have Greedy, who really isn't back. I wouldn't. I don't know if he's really 100% back either. And then he gets injured in the game. I thought he was fighting so hard. He too. led a team in tackles yesterday. Yeah, yeah so you he, got he's Greedy. He's a good tackler. Yeah, right. Um, I thought he fought, I thought our guys fought so hard. And it I don't I know we're supposed to be done talking about it, but God bless it, it felt like it was stolen. <laughs> yeah, okay. So they did. Our guys, I will say defensively, for a majority of a possession would play good. And then they'd give up a wide open touchdown. That's a good point. That's a good you point. Know, yep. There was multiple times we had them to fourth down and then they'd go for it and convert or we'd get them the third and 10. I think I had the stats pulled up that I think they completed three or four third and tens on the, I mean, so on first and second down the Browns, we did some things really well. Um, but the guys that I really look at is John Johnson is been a big, big letdown. For us on the back end. Oh, we bring in another safety and all of a sudden he regresses in a certain defensive <laughs> system. Sound familiar, anybody? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And, and it's hard for us to to be able to tell what's going on in the secondary because one, we don't know the play call. Two, on television, they don't do any wide angle things really where we can watch right. the secondary. We can we pretty much get to watch the ball. Yeah. But he was another he was considered maybe the best free agent signing of any team in the NFL this year. And he looks lost. Yeah, he looks like he doesn't even belong in the field at times. So you're like, where's John Johnson? Oh, the ball's going one way and he's running the other. So I don't know, like the Mike Williams touchdown where he was wide so open. You, you, I, I can understand. Okay, so they got Mike Williams. You know going into the game, he is a big, deep threat, explosive wide receiver. We got to keep him contained. Okay, he breaks loose for a big touchdown early in the game. It's like, geez, come on, guys. Like, I mean, wide open on that one. Yeah. But to let it happen again, even worse, even worse. I mean, the second touchdown, what what happened? Blown assignments, man. And and here's an, another thing, I guess, you know, and I'm not going to rip the D coordinator a ton because we have all those injuries, but we're not covering anybody. And so bring pressure. Like he doesn't want to bring pressure because that takes people out of the secondary. Well, what does it matter if you're not covering them yeah. anyways? They're open whether you're blitz or not. So blitz, well, do <laughs> something yep. different. Doesn't I don't know if it feels like this to you guys or not, but it's almost like our defense takes away one side of the field and leaves the other side of the field completely open. Yeah, these are NFL quarterbacks. They can make throws everywhere. Yeah, so like on the one touchdown play, uh, Herbert rolled out to the right to Mike Williams and then just the play was designed to do that. They literally let the uh, defensive end, I forget who it was. I don't it know. Was tack. It was. They let him get, you know, downfield and then just kind of blo- pushed him down deeper and deeper. And Herbert just is like, okay, stop. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, they said that he had to underthrow him because he had so much time and he was so wide open that he didn't even have to like make him work for the ball. He was just like, oh, he just stand there and I'll just throw it to where you're standing. Yeah. He did like the money shot. Like when you're shooting a three, Yeah, you know, he was like, yeah, okay, got it. And, and <laughs> it's crazy. And, and here's God. God. Well, the other thing that I was going to point out about the whole, it feels like one side of the field is always open was their first touchdown of the game drove me crazy where it was like, I got it. it was second and seven. It's the end of the first quarter. 
and they're just they're kind of just methodically going down the field and they threw it to their tight end uh that parham jr and he just like kind of walked into the end zone nobody came nobody, up to make a tackle there was nobody <laughs> there was like two guys over there that were being but there was nobody else around yeah so i just feel like there's times where it's like that we saw it with like tyree kill would catch a ball and there'd be nobody near him yeah, just be it, wide open in space. And people, you know, were on me when we were critical of the defense against the Chiefs. Uh, how did they look last night against the Bills? <laughs> they got com- Tyree. They got completely shut down again. Yep. And so, and I understand we have a f- defensive philosophy, and we come in with a game plan. But if it's not, first of all, it seems like nine times out of ten, our our game plan philosophy is wrong. And then if you if we come in and it's not working. Change it up, make make in game adjustments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't want to hear well. We didn't have our normal players in. They're still defensive. They're still football players that know plays. You think you know? You and it, think. They're on the team for a reason. Yes, yeah. they're 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 professionals. They can come in and run a blitz, do something. I I cannot stand. It's fourth down, and we rush four and just let him sit there and. Wait, you run zone and you give them all day. Eventually, there's going to be an opening in the zone. Yeah, we're not good enough to cover. I I, I, t- I texted some people and said, we feel like a, t- a basketball team that lives and dies by the three. And if they're hitting the three, they come out and they smoke you. And it's kind of like us against the Bears. We're getting pressure before and, and you can't do anything. We're killing you. But if that basketball team comes out and they have an off shooting day, they, they lose. They suck. If we don't get home with four... We're done. We that's don't a, cover anybody. That's a good yeah, comparison. We live and die by getting home with four people. And then the game you exp- and then you don't change your game plan after you know that Clowney isn't playing. Yeah, one of your guys that is getting home at f- with you when you only have four. You're like, okay, well at least we got Clowney and Garrett that we're sending. Like Tack McKinley's played well, but he's not Clowney. No. Eh. And I get the the plan should be to get pre- that should be the goal to get pressure with four, because that's every defense's goal. Every defense in the league would tell you if we can get pressure with four, then we're going to have a good day. But if you're not, you have to manufacture some pressure. It's like in baseball, if you got a like a home run hitting team, but you're not hitting home runs, at some point you got to adjust and start playing some small ball. Mm-hmm. Maybe lay down a bunt, steal second, yeah, do something. Right. Change it up a little bit. We just go out there and we're like, well, this is what we're doing today. Hopefully it works. Yeah. Yeah. And if it I, doesn't, I guess we'll lose in a shootout. Yeah. I don't have the stats, you know, in front of me or anything, but if you force the quarterback to throw in two seconds rather than six seconds, I bet he doesn't have a, <laughs> as great a completion percentage yeah. or he's yeah. not at least getting 15 and 20 yards and 30 yards down and big chunk plays. You're making him check down and, Get a two-yard pass and stuff like that. Ask Justin Fields. Ask Kirk Cousins. We made them do that. Yeah. You know? Go ahead. It's like, how many times if the Browns are in a big situation like that and the other team brings the house and we either have to like just dump it off real quick or Baker's got to chuck it and throw it away. Again, and then we just play like soft zone prevent on fourth and five. It makes no sense to me at all. And I'm I'm tired of watching it. I'm tired. I know tired I was getting it. so upset yesterday. And, and I, what what what's getting me? And I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm not trying to be negative Browns fan. All this stuff. But I mean, if you watch the game, if you're a Browns fan, like you know this stuff. Like you're feeling it too. You know, we we lost to the Chiefs in a game that you know if we play better defense, we win easily. We we yes. had a lead, a big lead, and we gave it up and lost. And then we did the same thing yesterday to the Chargers. That game against the Texans, Tyrod Taylor plays the second half of that game. I don't know. I don't know if we win because we weren't winning the first half. So we could easily, if that, I'm just saying things are a little different. We could be two and three. That's the kind of defense we have right now. No, we're going to be in closer games. So I was looking at our schedule and we got a tough game coming up against the Cardinals. It could go either way. After that Cardinals game, I think we pretty much. I think we got five games in a row that we will be favored in, and we should win. But I think those games are going to be way closer than they should be, and they should be. And they they might end up being dogfights. We should be. I'm not saying we should be beating every team by 50 points, but we should look like the better team in most of our games. Yeah, definitely. And, and we do for a half sometimes or a quarter, and we're still learning how to close. And 
honestly, we kind of look like the Chargers of last year. A young, super talented team that just kind of gives games away late because they haven't learned how to win yet. Yeah. And then the Chargers got that win this year in Kansas City, and now look at them. We need that one. Maybe it'll be this week. Maybe this will be the game where it's tight, and we make that drive, and we go down, and it clicks. And all of a sudden, you know, we're hitting our stride. But to me, the turning point in the game was fourth and two in their own territory from their own 20-yard line, and they go for it and get it easily. Yeah. If we stop them there... That's a turning point. I know it's early third quarter, but that was them basically saying, like, we know we're not stopping you. Yeah, it was funny. It it just kept – there were so many times where it was just like – I felt our defense – I know they gave up a lot of points and a lot of yards, but there were times that they did things that were like, all right, we put ourselves in a situation to get them off the field, and then they, they just couldn't make that last play. I didn't think Anthony Walker, who came back from injury, played well. Was um, he, did he even he, ever like practice or anything? Probably not, but he missed a couple tackles um, and wasn't very good in coverage against the tight ends. Um, so he didn't play great. I think that obviously he's probably, I don't know if he's 100%, you know, back or not, because it was late in the week that they made the call saying that he was going to play. It wasn't like it was like, oh, yeah, he's good. He'll be ready next week. Um, but the other thing that I was going to mention was they're refusing points again this week yeah, at times. I, just had a stat I like, I like going, I like being aggressive, right? Against certain teams in certain situations. Like when it was, I think it was 14, 10 on our third possession, fourth and two, where I think it was the, was that the Odell drop? I think mm-hmm. that might've, I think it was the Odell drop on the fourth down. So yeah, if, if he catches the ball, everybody, but in this situation, I like taking the points just because you know that it's going to matter later in the game, in this game especially against a team where you're thinking we might not be able to stop them. I would at least rather get the three because it's guaranteed almost at that point. Cause our kicker, I would think would be able to make a 30 yard field goal. But so, so I, I like going for it, but like Jake Trotter put this out on Twitter. He said, I don't mind the Browns going for it on fourth down, but at some point they have to start converting more of them under Stefanski. The Browns are 12 of 33 on fourth day down dating back to last year. That's the fourth worst conversion rate in the NFL. So if you're going to go for it, I think we, there's been a couple games where we've been like three for three. So, I mean, now take those out of there. Yeah. I mean, the stats are way worse. And, and I was looking at our four. They were, this is a huge difference in the game. We were four, 12 on third and one of three on fourth. So we were five of 15. They were six of 13 on third and three of three on fourth. So they were nine of 16. I mean, that's a big difference in the game. That's like four other times. We could have gotten off the field that we did. Yep. So it's just in, I know we had injuries, but, and I'm, I'm giving us some leeway on that, but at the same time, our offense went out there without Jarvis and we were playing with third and four string tackles against Joey Boza in a good defense. And we put up 42 points. First team, you said at the beginning, first team in NFL history to score 40 points, uh, over 500 yards of offense and zero turnovers and lose. That's not your offense's fault in the end of the day. No, they made mistakes along the way. Yes, they contributed, but that's on the defense, man. No, and that's what I'm saying. If the offense can still go out and score 42 down their first, second, their first and second tackles and minus Jarvis, the defense can go out and play some resemblance of NFL quality defense with some injuries. Yep. You can't lose. You can't lose when you do that on offense. Just can't lose. So like just to put it in kind of perspective of the game would have went obviously we don't know if it would have but if the browns take those points early in the game instead of going for it it makes it 45 41 when the cheat when we kick the ball back to the chargers and then you're i mean now they have to score a touchdown yeah they don't have to only get a field goal which they were playing to get a field goal and then for some bonehead reason they, they gave the ball to Eckler and yeah. gave us a chance because really we should have had no chance. They were going to kick it from the two-yard line mm-hmm. and kick a game-winning field goal. Mm-hmm. So I I just, I don't know. I, at some point I'd like to see us take points because it feels like it's every week we get down there, we have a nice drive, we get all the way down there and I know that you're thinking like, oh, I really want to capitalize and we just went on this 10 play drive and get a touchdown. But what happens if you don't get a touchdown? Who know you don't it's not guaranteed that you're going to score if you convert that fourth down. You might end up kicking a field goal anyway. I don't know. And if we're going to go for on fourth down, be more disciplined, be more buttoned up and start converting them. Yeah. Start converting them. Guess who isn't complaining about their team going for it on fourth down today? 
The Chargers. The Chargers, because they converted and they, on all they of them. Because they converted on all <laughs> yeah. of them. And they they went on in from fourth and two at their own 20. <laughs> yeah. So that gets you, yeah, they're not complaining about it. No. So just start converting them. Um, last thing I want to say before we move on is, despite the loss, the, the Chargers should not go away from this game thinking that they're, like, there's a lot of crap talking going on from Chargers. You just gave up 500 yards of offense to a team down uh, three tackles and arguably their number one wide receiver to a quarterback you all think is overrated. And he shredded you for 300 yards. We shredded you for 200 yards rushing. And you got bailed out on a bad call. So don't, don't bring this to me about, oh, we're God's gift of football. You are good. Justin Herbert is amazing. You gave up 500 yards to a team that you don't think is good. All I heard all week on YouTube was, we let people run the ball against us so we can stop their pass. We threw for 300 yards still. <laughs> and, so ran for two, and ran for like 240. Yeah, 230. so, so yep. pl- yeah, no. You guys you guys got issues too. You're a bad call away from evaluating your defense. Th- we're I mean, evaluating our defense. At yes. this point in the season, we're five games in okay, of the 17-game season. So we're almost a third of the way, you could say, through. The Browns aren't a team that many teams are going to want to see down the line. No, I, I have us as like the sixth or seventh team, but on any given Sunday would take that number one team to the wire. We're that team that right now, like Blake said, is living and dying by the three. Yeah. But at there's times when that team gets hot enough that you just you don't want to play them. Yeah. You know, so they can get up so big in one half that they could play really crappy in the second half and they're already they're up by too much which we've seen that happen with us right we've seen us build a big lead and the second half kind of trip you know and then that we only win by a touchdown or two when we were up by way more there there's no team in the nfl that i don't think we can beat it's going to take our best effort and we have to play better than we have but like i said i think we're the sixth or seventh best team in the league and any given sunday we would beat one through five yeah, yeah, and I don't want to hear the I don't want to hear the crap about Herbert over Baker and all this stuff. Like you said, he just put up three over three hundred yards. He was eleven percentage points better than Herbert completing passes yesterday. I mean, we ran the ball down their throat like it was nothing. Yeah, and I don't want to take it away from Justin Herbert's super good. Oh, he all is. these he people jumping is. on us about our video that we posted forever. Yeah, ago. five months ago. Yeah, forever ago. Um, we never said he wasn't good. We just said don't crown him league MVP before he takes a snap for his new coach in the second season. Right. Um, but he got to do it against a decimated Browns defense that is like so far this season bad. Baker had to do it <laughs> against what is considered like a top 10 passing defense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, give me a break. Put it this way. The Browns now sitting at three and two. The Bengals lost yesterday. The Ravens play tonight against the Colts. They're probably going to win, but you never know. Okay, it's one of those games you just you never know. Um, the Browns just got to make. I still they're a playoff team. Oh, easy. They're the Brown. The Browns to me are just a. It would have been really nice to you know control your own destiny and have your home field and have all that. Which there's still time for that. But I'm confident enough that if we got in and we were the second wild card team, I'd feel confident like Blake said going against the number one team. We we are we have two losses and they're both on the road in hostile environments where we're the more injured team. Two really good offenses. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, turns out we lost to Patrick Mahomes. He's pretty good. Oh, we lost a what people are saying is a chance to be MVP quarterback in one of the most high powered offenses in the league. That's our two losses. Like yeah. we're I think we're gonna be okay. And both of those losses you could I mean if you had to really harp on one side of the ball. It's the defense. The offense played well in both of those games. Yes. So there you go. And I, I mean, I feel like we kind of hit the, what went right, right there talking about yeah, offense being great. Baker rushing attack. I mean, yeah. And I don't want to hear all this talk that like you, that people are out there saying right now. Cause like, we'll say, Oh, we lost to the chiefs. And then you'll hear people are like, Oh, the chiefs aren't the same this year. They're not very good. They lost to the Ravens because Clyde Edwards, fumbled the ball in like the last minute of the game. Mm-hmm. And they were right it with the chargers. They only lost to him by six. They were in the game all the way until, I mean, the chargers took a lead late in the game. So I don't want to hear this nonsense. I, they got, I know they got beat last night. Nobody's playing a more Bills. brutal schedule than the the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. Don't uh, all these people that are like, oh, the Chiefs aren't that good. They're fine. They're, they're they're struggling right now and they're vulnerable. 
they're they have a Hall of Fame coach and probably a Hall of Fame tight end, They'll and receiver, be. and quarterback. They'll be there at the end. They'll See, be there, and that's the <laughs> thing is like you look at the Chiefs and and I can confidently say. Oh, they'll, they'll be there. They'll be okay because they'll get it figured out. We've seen them do it. Right. Now, with this Browns team, we haven't. You know, this defense is like, it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down, it's who are they? They're they're kind of like what we talk about the Saints every week. Who are they? We don't really know. You see something different each week. but um, Got to get healthy. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, what went right real quick, shout out to the two tackles that stepped in and... We still averaged 6.6 yards a carry yesterday. Uh, so Blake Hans didn't give up a pressure. Blake Hans he is... Played, he played... Hmm. At the very beginning of the game, I was very worried because they were going... They were sending two guys at, at him on like the first... I don't even know how many snaps of the game. They just were like, we're going to make him have to communicate and block two. Just like they and went the, after A.J. Green. Yeah. And then they ended up... You know, he settled down and held his own. Now, there were some times where he wasn't great, but... No, statistically, he didn't give up one pressure. I looked at... Zero, he had zero pressures. Yeah. I, I mean, zero obviously, pressures. Jedrick Against Wills, Joey Boza, almost the, the whole game. Yeah, we got to get Jedrick healthy. Got to get him back. And gotta, Conklin. And Conklin. And uh, we got to get Jarvis back on the offense. Yep. And I would like, you know, uh, call me crazy, but... I don't know if I necessarily on our offense, something I'd like to see. So Kevin, if you're listening is I'd like to see some sets, maybe where hunt and Chubb are on the field at the same time. We haven't done it like at all. I just don't, I mean, I guess, but who are you fooling? The, uh, the defense on who I'm handing the ball off to either six point something yards this way <laughs> or six point something yards the other way. I mean, maybe, I don't know. To me, that feels kind of gimmicky. That feels Freddie kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> How often do the, do the Vikings put Dalvin cook and Madison on the field at the same time? Well, normally one of them's hurts, so <laughs> <laughs> but you know, looking at the Brown schedule, we got a tough one coming up this week. And then we got Broncos, Steelers, Bengals, the following three. So we got Cardinals and we got Broncos who kind of are who we thought they were. Steelers are a little bit down. Bengals are on the rise. So if we can somehow if we can get through this week and somehow get a win, I mean they we got some we can get some momentum going here midway through the year. Yeah, for sure. But well, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, thanks for checking out another episode of the dogs. Uh, as you could tell, this one hurt. I was up all night just sitting in my chair like a grumpy old man thinking about it. In the fetal position. Yeah. Uh, we're still trying to get over it. To all you Dog Pack members, we'll see you on the After Hours episode. You don't want to miss it. To anyone who isn't a Dog Pack member, go join. Because uh, like I said, the After Hours episode is going to be electric. Uh, to anyone who doesn't, we'll see you all on Thursday when we preview the upcoming matchup with the Cardinals. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast and become an official Dog Pack member and join the dogs.com. Dogs.